0: If you will, take your Bibles and turn to Luke chapter 23. We're going to read about the cross that he just sang about, and we're going to look at the crosses, three crosses tonight. Let's stand together, if you will, to honor God's Word. Two others, criminals, beginning in verse 32, two others, criminals, were also led away to be executed with him. They arrived at the place called the Skull. They crucified him there along with the criminals, one on the right and one on the left. Then Jesus said, parenthetically, Father, forgive them because they do not know what they are doing. And they divided his clothes and cast lots. The people stood watching, and even the leaders kept scoffing. He saved others, let him save himself, if this is God's Messiah, the chosen one. The soldiers, the soldiers also mocked him. They came offering him sour wine and said, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. An inscription was above him. This is the king of the Jews. Then one of the criminals hanging there began to yell insults at him. Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other answered, Rebuking him, don't you even fear God? Since you are undergoing the same punishment, we are punished justly because we're getting back what we deserve for the things we did. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said to Jesus, then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom." And he, Jesus, said to him, I assure you, today you will be with me in paradise. Let's pray together. Father, for the next few minutes as we hover over your words, I pray that you will hover over us. As we peer into your word, I pray that you will peer into us. As your word is unlocked to us, I pray that you will unlock our hearts and pour in a fresh wind of your spirit, in your name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. I want you to look at the screen with me, please. Looking at the hill that we call Golgotha, I want you to notice that there are three crosses there. Most of the time, we only think that there's one, and we see all kind of pictures of Cal- of Golgotha where there's only one cross, but they are indeed three. Now, I want you to see that it is the cross, and I want you to understand that a crucifixion perhaps is the most cruel form, the cruelest form of punishment known to man. Crucifixion ended up in death, but that was not its object. When you crucified someone, you wanted to inflict the most pain you could before they expired. If you notice, how their torsos are hanging up there, and you've seen it many times in pictures, about the, the, the level of where their bottoms are. There's a little piece of wood sticking out from that cross called a dial. It is a very sharp piece of wood. You would think it would give them some rest from the rest of the pain, but what happens over the time they're on the cross, that sharp piece of wood begins to cut into their backside, inflicting pain. Their nails and their hands and their feet are appropriately positioned for this reason when they when they would be nailed and they would put their weight on the nails of their feet their their uh, the nails in their feet their toes, their ankles, it would all come alive with those nerves because they knew right where to hit to make it hurt the worst. And it would hurt so badly when they stood up that they couldn't hardly catch their breath. So then when they were fatigued, they would drop down and then now the, uh, now the weight would go on those nails that were, that were nailed between the ulna and the radia and, and it would work on those nerves and their hands would become aflame and they still couldn't take a breath. A lot of times they died of asphyxiation because the pain was so excruciating. I want you to look at these crosses with me for a moment. There are three of them. Jesus said, Jesus said in Luke, He said, "Except a man, take up his own cross, and follow me. He'll never see the kingdom of god he cannot be my disciple so tonight i want to ask you one question that question is this which cross is yours now before you jump on the bandwagon i want to i want to name these three crosses for us tonight i want us to for for one time in my life i want us to name it and claim it I want to start off with the first cross here. It's the cross on the left. I want to call it the cross of rebellion. The cross of rebellion. It's the first cross I see here. Verse 39, one of the criminals hanging there with him began yell, to yell insults at him. Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself. You see, the truth is, this cross represents that person who goes along with the crowd. By the way, the crowd, if you're one of those that's always going to go along with the crowd, the crowd always opposes Jesus. They did in Jerusalem. They did in Golgotha. They always opposed Jesus. When you read this text starting in verse 35, you find out that the religious leaders were scoffing Jesus. You find out the soldiers were scoffing Jesus. You find the people were scoffing Jesus. Everyone was making fun of Jesus. Now remember, on both sides of the cross, left and right, there are two criminals hanging there. And one gospel calls them robbers, thieves, and one gospel calls them murderers. These were not first-time offenders. These were hardened criminals. And now we read that the one on the cross of rebellion began to blaspheme, hurl insults at God. There are commonalities between this, this criminal and rebellious people. Let me just give you a couple that I see. First, when I hear him speak, he sounded like the crowd who sounded like the devil. I mean, the crowd said, if you are the Son of God. The soldier said, if you are the Son of God. He said in another way, aren't you the Son of God? Do you know what that sounds like? It reminds me of Satan in the garden in the wilderness. It reminds me of the serpent in the garden of eden if you are it is that rebellious arrogant tone the the, the words that question jesus he sounds like the crowd. Second thing we we'll, that we can see is that there is no admission of guilt. He's not sorry for what he's done. He is sorry he got caught, and he is trying to get Jesus to get him off the cross so he can continue the lifestyle like he's always continued. And you'll find that the rebellious are never sorry for what they've done; they're only sorry they got caught and are having to pay the price. The third thing that you'll see about him is there be no there's no humility. I submit to you that the root of about 95% of sin is pride. Pride says, I don't need God because I can do it myself. The rebellious one chooses not to believe God. He chooses to act against God. He even chooses to dismiss the concept of God. read a story this week... That'll clear it, that'll illustrate it and you'll like it. Man was sitting in a barber chair getting a, getting a haircut. They started talking about God. And the barber finally said, well, you just need to know I don't believe in God. And the man said, why don't you believe in God? He said, because I can go out right out there in that street and I can see the helpless, I can see the hopeless, I can see the hurting, I can see those divorcees, I can see those people on drugs, I can see those folks uh, who are just without any possibility of the future. And if God was real, he wouldn't let that happen. I see the sick. If God was real, he wouldn't let that happen. And the man said, you know, I could have argued with the the barber, but I chose not to, and I didn't push back. Got up, and I left, paid my bill, and I left. And just a few minutes, the, the man went back in there, and he said, you know, we were just talking about God. He said, yeah, and that you didn't believe in him? Yeah. He said, well, I just want you to know, I don't believe in barbers anymore. And the barber said, why? He said, well, you know, I was just walking down the road, and there was a man with hair down his shoulders. I looked across the way and as a woman that desperately needed a haircut. It was all matted. She needed some work. And then I saw that man who needed a shave and he doesn't, and, and the guy interrupted me and said, whoa, I'm not responsible for them. They won't come to me. And he said, you remember that discussion about God? Ditto. You see, the rebellious person will never come to God and that rebellious person can become a person who rejects God. And when you reject God, you have no hope. Cross number one. On the other side from the cross of rebellion, we find that second cross that I call the cross of repentance. The cross of repentance. Now, people read this story and they have the wrong idea. They think that, that, you, that between, Jesus is between a bad guy and a good guy. They think this this is a bad guy and this is a good guy. But that's not really the case. Both of these guys were hardened, not first-timers. These were, if they'd have been living today, it'd have been three strikes and you're out. These are criminals. In fact, if you want to know how bad this guy that we see on our right up here is, Mark tells us that when they were hung that the people who were, those who were crucified with Jesus railed against Jesus and taunted him. So it is obvious that, that this criminal began his journey railing against Jesus. May I just say this to you? Absent, absent a touch of God, a person who gets into trauma like being crucified, sickness, death, Absent a of God, that traumatic event pushes them down the road that they're already going. How many times have you and I witnessed a family who has no faith in God? Don't, they say they don't believe in God. They don't trust God. They're not a part of a church. They live their life according to their own standards. And then they lose a child. They lose a wife. They lose a mother. They lose somebody. And then all of a sudden, it's all God's fault. Cause what has happened as that trauma came in, they just pressed this accelerator and continued going the same direction. Oh, but the man on this cross, he should be a reminder to us that it only takes a moment for a heart to be softened. It only takes an instant for a life to be changed. It only takes a second. Here's a condemned man, a man who is facing death. It's sad to say, but it took it took nails in his hands and nails in his feet, slipping away from this life in the very presence of God to admit his own need. I mean, we see it down in verse 40. He says, think about this, the cross of repentance. He says, Don't you even fear God. The rebellious don't fear God. Those who reject Christ don't fear God. There's a revelation about a rebellious heart. Fears nobody and nothing. In fact, they're the masters of their soul. I read this week when they executed Timothy McVeigh that he quoted that poem from Invictus where it says I am the master of my own soul and the master of my own fate. That is the attitude. He said, don't you fear God? And we know that the Bible tells us that the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. In being condemned, he realized who God was. He realized that God was in control. He realized that God was in control of life and death and heaven and hell. And verse 41 tells us, now are you listening if I've lost you? Are you listening? Verse 41 tells us that that man hanging on that cross of repentance, he realized two things when he looked at Jesus. He realized, first of all, that he was getting exactly what he deserved as a criminal. He realized that, he had, that death on a cross was the result of the life that he lived. Second thing he realized is that Jesus didn't deserve it. He realized that Jesus was hanging there for him. Perhaps for the first time in his life, he saw Jesus, and in Jesus, he saw God's love in real life. He saw God's love fleshed out. And at this point, watch this. His request wasn't, Lord, save me. His request wasn't, Lord, give me a mansion in glory. His request wasn't, Jesus, I want to see my mama again. It was nothing that extravagant. His request in that repentant, broken heart, broken by the Spirit of God, broken by seeing life itself being snuffed out from the Lord, his request was, Lord, Just remember me. I know you're coming into your kingdom. And when you come into your kingdom. Just remember me. You know what it reminds me of? Every time I read that text. It reminds me of the Pharisee and the publican. The Pharisee going. Glad I'm not like other men. I got my church. I got my status. And the publican over there going. God. Be merciful to me. And Jesus said the publican was the one who was heard. It's that kind of cry. It's that kind of request that God honors, that God responds to, that God hears. It's that kind of cry where where He where we can know whoever calls on the name of the Lord can be saved. It is that kind of cry that makes it into the ears of God. Now we've seen the two crosses. Only one remains. But before we get to that last one, let's get this picture. Center, center stage. On Jesus' left and right are two sinners, two criminals. On Jesus' left and right are two people who deserve death. Both of these men, they're faced with eternity. Both of these men are faced with an opportunity. And now both of these men have to make a decision. I I submit to you tonight that every person in this room, every time we come in this room, every time you hear God's Word spoken, that we are faced with eternity. We are faced with an opportunity and we make a decision question is what decision we make. One man the man on the left turned to the crowd and sided with the crowd and wound up in hell. The other man turned to the cross of redemption to the center of life and based on the words of Jesus found paradise. That brings us to the third cross. The one in the center the one we're so familiar with the one that we sing about even the one that we can love. It is the cross cross of redemption. On the cross in the center hangs the only one who can forgive sin, hangs the only one who can change a heart, hangs the only one who can change a life Hangs the only one who could pay for our sin. And on the center cross hangs the one and only Son of God. He is the one sent by God to redeem us. And you know what that redeeming means? It means to buy us back. It means to purchase us. It even means to, ready for this? Release us. You see, the truth is, He came to buy us back from the marketplace of sin. He came to release us from the forces of hell for eternity. And he came. He came to set us free. The cross says that we can be free. We can be forgiven. Colossians says it this way: in Him, we have redemption through, our bl- through His blood. And that gives us the forgiveness of our sin. The criminal who repented and he turned to Jesus understood that his only, only, one and only hope was found in Jesus. Jesus is in the business of taking lives that are worthless and making them worth something. He is in the business of taking lives that have no no hope and giving them hope. When the criminal said, Lord, remember me. Just remember me. Jesus said, hey, buddy, not only am I going to remember you, but listen, today. Not tomorrow. Today. Not next week. Today. Today you'll be with me in paradise. Listen, what other religion, what other belief system, what other God in this world says, today you can be with me in paradise. And it is only because of the cross. But I want to warn you, are you listening? It requires us to make a sincere, earnest, and genuine response to the call of God. God will do the work. He'll do the saving. But we have to respond. Three crosses. Cross of rebellion. Cross of repentance. Cross of redemption. Which one's yours? Repentance is not a one-time event. I'm just telling you from personal experience. Repentance is not a one-time event. It's a daily activity. Have you repented? Which cross is yours? Let's pray.